So a well-dressed man walks into my office and goes, Hi Chris, great to see you again. I didn't know you had an office here. And I go, yeah, good to see you. Who is this guy? I can't remember his name, can't remember his face. I know I've seen him. It's that moment again. He carries on. I've got an office upstairs. I've just taken it. It's fantastic. Wi-Fi, newspapers, coffee machine. But how are you doing? I'm like, I just can't remember this man, who he is. See, the thing is, when I'm not working for Lynn Baptist Church, I work for a company. And usually I use uh, an open plan and a business lounge uh, near Manchester Airport. Lots of people come through. And some of them I know, some of them I don't know. So I didn't even have any context. Does this man work for my company or a previous company? Is he from my church? Which of the three churches I've worked at is he from? And then I have this great idea. I think, because I'm pretty smart, right? I have this great idea and I think, I know what I'll do. I'll trick him into telling me something that will help me. So I say to him, uh, no, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, how's the family doing? And he goes, what do you mean, family? Oops, I put my foot in something. I'll finish that story in a few minutes. But before that, do you find sometimes that you struggle to recognise people? You struggle to remember names or even faces? Because if you do, take heart, be encouraged, because we read in the Easter accounts in the Gospels that number of times people who were with Jesus, who knew him, didn't recognise him when he came back from death. They didn't recognise him. I mean, this is Jesus, right? That's pretty bad, not recognising Jesus. Not recognising the guy in the office. Okay, that's, that's quite bad. But not recognising Jesus, seriously? So let's just look at some of those accounts. First of all, there's the moving passage on Easter morning. Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb. She, she couldn't have slept all night. There's, her eyes are filled with tears. She's weeping. She's looking for the body of Jesus. Jesus himself draws alongside her and talks to her, but she doesn't recognise him. She's not expecting to see him. And then she actually turns to him and says, she thinks he's the gardener and says, Sir, if you've taken away the body of Jesus, please tell me so I can go to him. And then in a moment of great beauty, Jesus simply says, Mary. And just the sound of her name the way that he's always said it triggers the response. Suddenly her eyes are open and she realises it's Jesus. But she didn't recognise him because she wasn't expecting him. Or there's the account at the end of John's Gospel. Again, just after Easter Sunday, the disciples are, are gathered together and, and they don't know what to do. Their leader, Jesus, is dead. He, they don't know where he is. All is lost. Everything they hoped for, none of it seems to be happening. And they do... They don't know what to do, so they do what they've always done. They go fishing. That's what they used to do. Simon Peter stands up and says, I'm going fishing, because what else is there to do? The other disciples go with him. They fish all night and catch nothing. And then, just before daybreak, a stranger appears on the shore. It's Jesus, but they don't, they don't recognise him. And calls to them, friends, haven't you caught anything? They say, no, we've been fishing all night. And he says... Just in the way he said in a very similar incident three years before, put your nets on the other side and see what happens. They catch a huge catch of fish. Simon Peter stands up and says, it's the Lord, leaps into the lake and goes after him. 
But again, they, they didn't recognise Jesus because they were not expecting to see him. And then there's that account that Carol read to us, the strange incident on the Emmaus Road. For me, this could be my favourite story in the whole Bible, possibly. It's got everything of a great story. It's got intrigue, mystery, suspense, surprise, humour, you name it. So, it's Easter, it's Easter Day, and two of Jesus' followers are walking from Jerusalem to a little village called Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. About a three hours walk if you were to walk it. And they're sad, they're depressed, they're downcast, their leader is dead, they don't know what's going on, and they're, they're, they're consoling each other. And Jesus himself draws alongside them. But they don't recognise him. And for us, it's like, it's Jesus. He's next to you. Why don't you recognise him? But they go on. Oh, we thought that he was, that Jesus would be the one to save us. And this is the third day and it's so strange. And don't you know anything, they say to this man. And we're like, it's Jesus. he's behind you. Well, maybe it's just me who does that. But almost in pantomime style, we're trying to shout to these guys in the story, it's Jesus. And then finally, at the end of their journey, they have this meal and Jesus takes a loaf of bread and in the way that he's always done, he gives thanks to God and he breaks the bread. And somehow in that simple incident, their, their eyes are opened, they're, they're triggered and they, and they recognise Jesus. But again, and Jesus says to them, doesn't he, as uh, Carol read to us, so thick hearted, so thick headed, so slow hearted. But sometimes we're like that. We're not. We're, what about you? What about you? Sometimes it's hard. You know, we can sometimes mistakenly not recognise Jesus as well. We can forget what to look for when we're looking for Jesus, or maybe we never knew. In the New Testament, people had a fixed view. He's buried. He's gone. He's in the tomb. He's dead. So we're not expecting him anymore. And if we don't expect to see Jesus, well, we won't see him either. If you've already decided uh, that God's not there, then he's probably not going to be there. You've already decided Jesus isn't there, then he's probably not going to be there. You're probably not going to see him. We can get used as well as Christians. We can get used to only expecting to see God at certain times, in certain places, perhaps in church buildings, perhaps in our quiet time when we read the Bible. We expect to encounter Jesus then, maybe. But what about the rest of the day? What about when we're walking along? What about when we're back in our offices and schools? We often don't expect to see Jesus there because those worlds are so different. Surely God's not interested in that, what goes on there. Or maybe we just don't expect to see Jesus at all. But the Bible tells us there are many ways that Jesus shows himself, that God shows himself to us today. And here's just a few of them. First of all, there's a verse in Romans, in creation. In Romans chapter 1, God says he's made himself known to us in his creation. It says, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, these have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made. And surely from the earliest snowdrop in spring to the burning colours of autumn, God has written his name across creation, across the universe. From the Pleiades to the Orion Nebula, from autumn to, to spring, 
God has signed off on his creation. And it's a stunning creation. Yes, today it's disfigured and there are things wrong with the world. But God created a perfect world and he signed it with his own signature. Do you see, do you recognise God in creation? Do you recognise God as you walk along on your daily exercise? It's a great time to do that, to look up from our smartphones, take the headphones out and just, uh, just see what God has done in creation. Do you recognise God in nature? Then secondly, God shows himself to us in other believers, in each other. Again, uh, many verses in the Bible, but this one from Colossians chapter 1, where Paul is talking to the church at Colossae, and he says to them, he talks about, to them about this mystery, he says, which has been hidden for ages and generations, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory, that we can see Christ in each other. Sometimes we don't expect that, do we? We talk to other believers, other Christians, across Zoom or whatever it is, but we just have a conversation. We don't expect to be meeting Jesus. But, if we, but we're missing the face of Christ if we do that. Do you remember what Bob said in his story? He talked about so many people that he'd, he'd met along the way, Irene and Ralph and Arthur and very ordinary people, but with an extraordinary light inside them. Bob, you see, Bob recognises Bob recognised Christ in those people. He recognised something that he didn't have. He recognised something new. And now the wonderful thing is, we are starting to recognise that in Bob, the face of Christ, the light of Christ in Bob. Recognising Jesus in other believers. And then lastly, and perhaps most challengingly, the Bible tells us that if we want to find Jesus, if we want to find the face of God, we can recognise him in those among us with the greatest needs. And this is challenging for many of us. Uh, but look at the passage in uh, Matthew 25, which is possibly the best known passage on this. In Matthew 25, God is uh, it's at the end of time and God is separating out the people he recognises from the people he doesn't recognise. And to the people he recognises, he says, this is how I recognise you, he says, Matthew 25, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was ill and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And they say, well, when did we do that? We didn't, we didn't visit you in prison. We didn't give you a drink, Jesus. And Jesus, God says to them, when you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. When you did it for those in the greatest need, you did it for me. That is challenging, uh, particularly for those of us who are evangelical Christians, I think. Because we like to think our faith through with our heads. Nothing wrong with that. But we like to focus very hard on, on brain power. Is, you, is your theology right? Do you, did you get your doctrines right? Is your church constitution right? In the Bible study, are you the one with the right answers? Good questions good things to do but at least in this passage in this passage the qualification for God recognizing us is not did you get your theology right and did you get the answer in the bible study right it's did you give a drink to that person who needed it did you visit did you call that lonely person 
because that was me. I was there. Didn't you see me? It was me. It's brutally simple, isn't it? Did you help the least of these? If we can learn to recognise God in the everyday, we can listen to his voice as we, as we walk along. We can turn our faces to him during the day and acknowledge his presence just for a moment, just for a few seconds. We can learn to be prayerful at all times instead of simply praying at specific times. Seeing God in the everyday, seeing God in creation, seeing the face of God in other believers and seeing God in those among us with the greatest needs. But anyway, I know some of you are sitting there just thinking to yourself, what happened to the guy in the office? Did he punch your lights out, Chris? So let me just finish that part. So anyway, I say to him, to try and get the information out of him, uh, how's the family? And he goes, what do you mean family? So backpedal, backpedal. So I go, oh, I mean, you know, how are things at home? So he, he then, eyeing me very suspiciously, says, no, same old, same old. Anyway, how about you? You're now at Lim Baptist Church, aren't you? Ah, I think, brilliant. So now I know. It's not from company that he knows me. It's from a church, and it's not Lim Baptist Church. And then it became a straightforward uh, process, even for someone like me, slow, thick-headed and slow-hearted as me, not standing on any more landmines to work out who he was. And uh, in case you're listening, Dave from Pointon, I apologise again. Let's pray. And uh, as we start to pray, I just want you to, wherever you are right now, just recognise Jesus, Jesus' presence with you right now. Let's pray. Just take a moment. It may seem strange, but in your front room, in your kitchen, in your living room, in your garden, wherever you are right now, if you're a believer, Jesus is present with you. Take a moment to just acknowledge that. And let's pray. Lord God, we pray, Lord, that you would make us ever more aware of your presence and draw ever nearer to us. Lord God, you promise to be our fellow traveller through life and to meet us in the face of the friend and the stranger. Help us to see you in the faces of our friends and strangers who travel with us through life. Help us to hear you speaking words of peace and unfolding your truths from the Bible. Help us to welcome you daily into our conversations and into our homes. Lord God, may we not miss you on our daily journey, but may we see you at every turn of the road, at every unfolding of the story. And most of all, we ask that you would stay with us and become our lifelong guest, breaking bread at our tables and reminding us of your everlasting love. Amen. And then we're going to pray a prayer for the time that we're in. And this prayer will appear on, on screen. I'll say the verses and feel free, either silently or aloud, to join in with the last line. Jesus said, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, 
I have overcome the world. So we pray today to the one who overcomes the world. Lord, for the health and well-being of our nation and all who are fearful and anxious, that they may be at peace and free from worry. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Lord, for the isolated and the housebound, that we may be alert to their needs and care for them in their vulnerability. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. And for those who are guiding our nation at this time and shaping national policies, we pray that they may make wise decisions. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. And for doctors and for nurses and critical workers, that through their skill and their insights, many would be restored to health. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. We pray for our homes and our families, our schools and our young people, and all in any kind of need or distress. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. And we pray for a blessing on our local communities, that our neighbourhoods may be places of trust and friendship, where all are known and cared for. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. We commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.